0: Welcome to episode
1: thirty-seven. Hi, Melissa.
2: Hey, what's up, Martin?
1: How are you today?
2: I'm super fantastic. Thank you for having me here.
1: Of course, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on. I know that. Um, knowing Melissa now as a famous actress, and I, you know, one of the, the biggest thing I always remember is the sushi movie. <laughs> 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 so okay. I'm gonna just turn on the family. What was that movie called? East Side
2: Sushi. East Side Sushi. So Melissa is a
1: famous actress. And then I was watching this show and it's about this, uh, oh my God, it's so like cross culture. It was about like a a Latino American that wanted to be a sushi chef at a sushi restaurant. A Latina.
2: Latina. Mm -hmm. And
1: then she wasn't accepted at first. And then I think you came near the end when she had to like perform at the performance.
2: Right. No spoilers, but I was the one protagonist who was rooting for her. So I feel very proud
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was watching it one time and I didn't know you were on it. And then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for coming on today. And I know that we just had like a very in-depth conversation about everything in our lives. And then we um, are going to digest it and kind of share it now. But I um, would love for you to just uh, introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit about who you are and kind of where you grew up. And then we'll start from there.
2: All right, sounds good. Well, I'm Melissa Loxon and I was born here in San Jose and I grew up before San Jose was Silicon Valley. So when Blossom Hill had cherry blossom trees on it, I actually used to play in fields and um, orchards when I was little. Oh wow. Yeah, kind of crazy. But my parents immigrated here from the Philippines and so I'm a first generation Filipino American. And um, kind of crazy, someone just asked me this the other day, but I grew up in a house, uh, I was the youngest of four. I also had multiple aunts and uncles and family members. I don't even know how they were related to me Yeah. in our house. We used to call it the the Navarro Hotel, that's, that's <laughs> my maiden name, because there was always someone staying with. I mean, my brothers and sisters would be like, how are they related? I'm like, I don't know, just call them auntie. Cause um, you know how that is in, yeah. in, in Filipino culture, so I don't. I don't think I had my own room until I was maybe fifteen. Wait, so
1: you were born in San Jose? I was. Oh, yeah. Wow, but this whole time I thought you were like born in the airplane or born in the Philippines. on yeah, an airplane. <laughs> 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 Just
2: flying over. Yeah. Um. No, I was born here in San Jose. So. Oh, wow.
1: Santa Teresa Hospital.
2: Actually, Santa Clara.
1: Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And brothers and sisters?
2: Yep, I'm the youngest of four, so, um yep, I'm the baby.
1: You're the youngest? How was, like, how was that growing up? They always say the youngest got treated the best and they get everything they want.
2: I'm, I'm the favorite, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually got all the hand-me-downs. Uh-huh. And then it's like, by the time, you know, things were, when I needed things, it was more like... Well, my parents were like, Well, what do we have left? Because we spent it all on Louie, Mike, and Jeff. So
1: Oh, Louie, Mike and Jeff? Yeah. Those are your siblings? Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever even met your siblings.
2: I don't think so. Can you
1: like describe their personalities? Like are they all different or all the same or
2: we're all so different. Um, my sister is twelve years older than me and she's like the best big sister. I think um I'm like the best Okayest sister, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> she's just really wonderful and generous, and she's super fashionable. And I'm more of like, I think I have more of a tomboy edge. And then I don't even know if that's like an appropriate term anymore. But um uh anyways, she's just super cool and fashionable. And my eldest brother, Michael, which is funny because you have a brother named Michael mm-hmm. and sister named Melissa, so pretty common names. Um, he is, and I think he does sales or something. I'm not even really <laughs> sure. <laughs> he does something. He does something really. And what cool. did your sister do? Um, she just got her real estate license, but she used to own a boutique, and so she's oh, always super very been into fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but he has a big family here in San Jose, and um, he's super expressive. So I think we really relate in the fact that we're. Both like the most expressive um, ones of the family, and my other brother, he's pretty quiet, chill, but super generous of heart. Um, and then there's me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what were you like in let's say middle school?
2: What was I like in yeah. middle school? I went to
1: middle school. Were you always like? Active, creative, or... I don't know. You're smiling and thinking about it now. (laughs)
2: No, I feel like, oh, the dirt's going to come out. That's where everything went awry. Oh, no. (laughs) No, like, like, first through sixth grade, I was, like, the best speller. And, like, on recess, I would have contests, like, trying to figure out um, the, the state capitals. Yeah. Me and, like, another dude, we would just race each other and try and fill out a map. Like, that's what I did for fun. Oh, mine.
1: wow. So you are competitive.
2: Kind of crazy. But, like, that was really cool at the time in elementary school. And then junior high, it was, like, all downhill. I think that's, like, I got my own room, and I was like, I'm independent. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I think that's definitely puberty time, yeah. I'm thinking, because now I have a middle school daughter, and um so i definitely got into experimental things learning like having new new and diverse friends mm-hmm. that was really fun and then my parents were like nope you're done with that you're going to an all girls private school <laughs> 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 so that's funny uh and i didn't know anybody so it was like starting all over again oh in wow
1: school. so, the, so you, you were like in the midst of High school, and then they made you go to a whole all-girls school.
2: Yeah, well, from junior high, for I went to public school all the way up, and then I went to high
1: school from mm-hmm. there. So, how was your whole high school experience?
2: That was wild because I had had the same friends like from from kindergarten all the way, you know, through eighth grade, and to go to a whole whole other school and meet all new people, it it definitely shook me up a lot, and I didn't know who my friends were going to be, and I think feel really lucky at this time to have had this group of filipino girls who were like you're filipino come with us be part of our dance crew and i was like okay i've never danced before in my life but my brothers and sisters told me all the cool dances so (laughs) we had like a hip-hop dance group in in high school and uh we would perform at like all the school assemblies. I mean, it was an all-girls Catholic school, so. Oh, that's
1: so cool. We didn't
2: have, like, cheerleaders or anything, but there was us. Yeah. And it was awesome because I'm still friends with a lot of those people to this day.
1: What was the dance crew called?
2: Gosh, I don't even know if we had a name. I think it was, like, short but sweet, sweet but funky. Yeah. <laughs> Or something like that. Or the Sinigang. I think synagogue. we were like, I think we had like debated some different names and then we never really came up with one that stuck.
1: I like the Sinigang. Synagogue. <laughs> Synagogue's a Filipino soups. So. Yeah,
2: exactly. My favorite one too. So, oh yeah, it was one of those. But the, they really took me in yeah. because that school was predominantly an all-white school. Mm. and So I really felt like I didn't fit in when yeah. I first went there.
1: Oh, well, then culture. Our heritage is what we felt comfortableness in looked out for each other
2: yeah absolutely but what was weird before that i didn't have a lot of filipino friends so i was like oh wow this is new this is awesome we're like family now and i think that was really comforting looking back now
1: that's so interesting i don't i don't have a lot of filipino friends when i think about it too and it does it's definitely like changed my views and my perspective of like culture yeah
2: i think you know Growing up in San Jose, it's so diverse that I feel really lucky because I'm able to step back objectively and see, like, where do I fit in? What cultures have influenced me to make me what I am today? And at the same time, you know, I grew up in a Filipino household where my parents spoke Tagalog, and they didn't teach it to me because they thought um, if I had an accent, then maybe I would be discriminated against. Yeah. And so I don't speak it, and I can say, like, all the... The words that are commands like, take a bath and you know eat now and um, make rice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All the important things. All the
2: important things, right? Um, But I do understand it, so that's cool. Oh, and the bad words. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, the bad words. I knew that too. So after high school, then you went to college, right?
2: I did, and actually something that was really huge in high school, my senior year. Actually, my junior year, I got pregnant, and
0: oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's
1: a big thing.
2: Kind of. It was actually some, <laughs> kind- little it was big. Just a little bit, a little bit.
1: Just, <laughs> just you know. a little thing.
2: Baby, sixteen-year-old yeah. Melissa got pregnant in yeah. her junior year, and just trying to have
1: a little fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: just
0: a
1: little.
2: I told you things went awry. <laughs> um, so that's what happened my junior year, and I, you know, for. Some universal grace, I said, I think I'm supposed to have this baby. And mm. it was probably the single most important and meaningful decision I've ever made in my entire life. So I had...
1: What was your firstborn's name?
2: Her name is Jasmine. And she's listening
1: right I now. <laughs> what
0: look you at, want? At, Look
2: at my face <laughs> is smiling. Um, I love her so much. I lo- I mean... She's amazing. Yeah. And she, it changed my life. I I had her in my senior year. Yeah. And I graduated high school. And I feel really, really lucky at the time because I had a counselor who told me, you know, because I thought I was going to have to drop out of school. Yeah. And luckily, my parents said, you know, if you can do school, then we'll pay for it. I mean, obviously, it was a private school. And then I went to my counselor. Ready to just drop out of school. And she said, Melissa, there's no reason why you can't finish high school. And there's no reason why you can't go to college. And it was so, she probably just sort of said it in passing and not even knowing how impactful. Yeah. Just, it's just incredibly pivotal in my life. Her saying those words to me have given me so much courage to just do anything, to try anything and just feel like, yeah I can do it right. Yeah. If I can graduate high school at seventeen with a kid, then I know I can do anything.
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: crazy that you say that because I feel like a lot of past histories are like, oh if I have a baby in high in high school, I'm not gonna go to college. I'm yeah. not gonna be able to do this, that, and this right and yeah. then I think that's it's just you breaking away from the 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 system
2: yeah, I mean, I think the pattern it, it it's that, and then also you know my mom was really tough on me. I mean, um, strict Filipino parents, they were mm. like, my mom was like, you've basically ruined your life. Oh, and, yeah. you know, that that was, that was devastating for me. But I think out of just sheer stubbornness, I thought, no, I didn't. Watch me. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I did. And I think through that, um, maybe I gained her respect over the years, you mm-hmm. know, because being a mom is like the single most important thing to me for sure
1: yeah and and i could only imagine like everything that's going in your head about your future then yeah and it must not been easy that to figure it out and miss classes or not be able to go out so you had to do a lot of sacrifices when you had a kid right
2: it was huge and you know i never felt at the time and i don't know why this is why i say it's like a universal grace that came upon me or something because I think I just got so focused on on taking action to do what was right to be a good mom to not fail in spite of what my mom said that um, I didn't have time to think about not not overcoming it I just kind of did it you know I think if I had thought too much about it then I would have been stuck in those emotions Mm -hmm. so somehow I just avoided all that and I mean, that's sort of how I live my life right now. I'm like, don't think about it. Just, just do. Just do what you need to do. And then when you have a moment, you know, I mean, that's probably like my, my, uh, my. what is it called? Your Achilles heel. I'm like, oh, I probably don't take enough time to just sit and sit with my feelings mm. a little bit more. But, you know, that's okay because I'm, I'm just moving. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Damn, that's okay. So now you're, and that was during, so now did you finish high school? Still had a kid, taking care of your kid, yep. and then, and then what would you do after that?
2: Well, I applied for college because, you know, basically my school was a college prep school, so I, I applied to one college because it's the college that I had always wanted to go to since I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was at the time Univ- University of San Francisco (USF) had a co-op program with the Academy of Art College, mm. and I knew I wanted to be an artist. So I applied there, and I got in. Thank goodness, because I only applied to one school. <laughs> now it's like so much more competitive. Yeah. But I think because I was trying so hard, my grades were just super good, and um, so I went there. I would commute to San Francisco every day Gosh. from
1: San Jose. <laughs> from
2: San Jose, did I think you t- it. Which
1: yeah. where you take?
2: Oh my gosh! I took the train. Oh, yeah, because I didn't even have a car at the time, yeah. <laughs> which is wild. Yeah, I took Caltrain. I do all my homework on the train. I think I only went like two or three days a week, depending on the semester, and I loved it until I didn't. I was like, wow, being an artist can be really isolating. Mm.
0: Um,
2: because I went through graphic design. Because I thought, oh, that's going to be more of something that's pleasing to my parents. It will, like, make me some money. Yeah. I can be an artist and do business. And I didn't like it at all because we started doing computer stuff. And I'm not huge at tech. And so I I changed it to advertising design. Because I was always the person who was, like, the speaker for the group. Yeah. So I did that. And then I was like, I don't really like this either. I want to go back to art. And so I changed to visual arts. And I was painting like I love, love, love oil painting so much. Um, And then I decided I think this is more of a hobby because I'm spending time alone in a room or my patio painting. And I think I need people more. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when it
1: became isolating, right? Yeah. Yeah. And
2: then it just got hard because I was still I was commuting. Yeah. I was 18 years old, you know, by that time. and I was going to school full-time and i had a kid i was like well, what am i doing right now you're
1: painting a picture (laughs) (laughs) this this is my life right Right. here here's a stroke right here's the little bush bob ross told me to put
2: it just got all like suddenly i was like this feels really dark and alone and i don't like it so i dropped out Oh. It was just way too much, and I took a I took a year off or two, yeah. I remember, and then I was like, what am I doing? I, I just worked. Where'd you, you work? Know. Um, I worked at Macy's.
0: Oh. I
2: had, I think I won an award, because I had, like, every single job that you could have at Macy's from, like, sweeping floors and firing and hiring people. Oh, wow. So um, I moved around a lot. I started as a Christmas hire, and I left as manager or something. And um, Like a boss. I was
1: like a boss. <laughs> Sweep the floors and I manage all yeah. you know, Let me just <laughs> so leave. Sweep the
2: floors, you're fired. <laughs> just kidding. No. Which Macy's? oakridge mall baby oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny
2: <laughs> i like i feel like i'm dating myself because it was like really cool at the time to work at macy's yeah and then you
1: manage it when you hire all your friends oh you need a job got your job well i
2: had actually still keep in touch with a lot of my friends so if you ever worked at macy's shout out because we're all still homies Which is funny, but yeah, I worked there, and then I worked in some off some. um, I even worked in security, actually.
1: You're in security. (laughs) What? Maybe in your outfit now. I know you came in a a beanie and a sweats and some comfortable shoes.
2: Well, I was okay. Rather, I was loss prevention, and I was undercover security agent.
1: Oh, at like a clothing store.
2: (laughs) But it was funny because I had um. I would ca- I would catch people all the time just shoplifting. Oh, you stole that shit, right? You stealing? I would say that that was probably my very very first acting job. Oh really? Because no one would ever suspect me, oh, and my I God. would like follow people. Like, what would you the tell computer?
1: them when you find when you when they like Hey, I got you."
2: dude i had um i had a purse yeah. that had a walkie-talkie and a badge and a handcuffs in it and so like i'd follow people out after i caught them stealing like on the the camera security cameras and i'd pull them you know pull out my badge and i'd be like excuse me this security i need to talk to you about the items you took without purchasing <laughs> without paying for and, yeah i've gotten some like high-speed chases and you know, I sometimes I'd be afraid and I'd get on my walkie talkie and I was alone and I'd go, hey, yeah, you're coming around the uh, the north entrance. I'm like, I don't even know what direction I was in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see you. OK, cool. I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, I just got these guys, you know. <laughs> 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 and they'd like they'd like figure out I was security and they're like, you No." So I, I, I caught a lot of people. That was probably the oh. funniest.
1: You think that's like that was like the small spark to inspire you to be, start like going into acting.
2: I was like, I'm good at this. Yeah. Oh, people man. like think I'm people think I'm like Kung Fu. Like I'm going to attack them. And, you know, I don't know. It was gonna, It was cool.
1: It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you didn't do that forever. Nope. So what, when did you end up leaving that? What was your next course?
2: I went back to school. You know, I went to every junior college in this area. I went to Evergreen, De Anza, West Valley, and Foothill.
1: I sound like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, me Like of you've been everywhere. You know,
2: yeah. I was like, I can't, I don't like it here. I'm going to try yeah. this. I'm going to try this. Oh, and San Jose City College. And then um, I was like, I, I need to be in like school, school. Coming from private school, I think I just needed more of a, more. I just needed more. So I went to San Jose State. Changed my major a couple of other times. English teaching, and then I got lost on campus. I thought I was looking at a map in a building. I didn't oh, know literally. where I was at. Literally, I was, lost. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was really lost. I'm like, where am I right now? Yeah. I just need to find math class or whatever. And I guess I was staring at a board, and this cute boy came up to me and he's like, "Hey, you auditioning?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> wrote my name down yeah. dropped all my classes took an acting class <laughs> and changed my major and the rest is history wait, so, just,
1: what? so wait, wait, wait so in that moment you're staring at a board and you're looking at some other scenes like someone asks you like are you doing it and you're just like yeah and that that was when you started your whole like thing for acting you're just taking a leap you didn't even know that was it
2: Yep. I was like, I didn't even know people did this in college or like for a profession. I thought that was like an elite thing that people did. If you lived in L.A. and your dad was a director or producer or something, I just had no clue that that could be for me.
1: So how old were you in that moment?
2: Man, I think I was probably like 21.
1: And then Jasmine was like
2: she was like four three
0: okay yeah wow
2: yeah so um like literally if she didn't have a school or something or or if i didn't have babysitting i would bring her to school with me
0: Mm. i wouldn't even
2: say anything to the teachers i would just plop her at a desk and just say hey here's a coloring book mommy's got to finish this class yeah. i can't miss anymore the
1: teacher's like who is that i know she looks young yeah <laughs> <laughs> She's, in
0: JT. She's in college, they never said anything and i was just like i oh, don't know
2: there's i don't re- i'd never read that in the rule book that you can't do it so oh, i just my i just did it and then i had some like i had a really amazing mentor who just passed away this year which i'm um, oh, sorry to hear that yeah it was such a bummer because was this one of
1: your lecturers
2: yeah, yeah, he was like probably one of my main mentors, like, like my theater dad, definitely. His name is Buddy. Um, if you know, if anyone out there knows Buddy Butler, he's just been so, such a huge influence on my career and a lot of people's careers actually. But he took me in and was like, here let's you know do this audition for this i'm gonna hook you up with this or let me connect you with this person and um he also just believed in me you know he said bring your daughter to rehearsal and um it's gonna be great you know and i would lay out a blanket during our theater rehearsals i was part of probably every production that went through in some capacity whether it was makeup or backstage but you know mostly on stage And, um, I'd lay out a blanket and she'd put all her toys on it and she'd just sit in the theater and while I rehearsed and, you know, I don't know a lot of people who would.
1: Yeah. just like allow you to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And like looking back now, it's like that probably wasn't allowed with quotes, but we did it anyway. No one questioned it. We just did it. And I think that was really cool. Um, and it was diverse. You know, he was really committed to diversity in the theater and in the arts. Um, we were part of a he directed a touring ensemble. It was called Step, a School touring Ensemble program, and we go to like a lot of underserved schools. and we presented plays that had diverse casts mm-hmm. and um, talked about really important topics that were relevant. and um, it was awesome. So. Yeah, and then after after college, he hooked me up with a theater company out in St. Louis, the St. Louis Black Repertory Theater Company, and um, it was awesome. I did another tour. It, you know, we went mostly around the Midwest uh, to different schools and colleges and all over the place. We even went to Washington D.C. to do a play. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, we went to Florida out here on the West Coast and I feel really, really grateful to have had that experience and work with other, other artists, um, mostly African-American, but we were just a diverse group. We got to write some of the plays that we per- performed. There were probably five plays and on any given day we would have to be ready. For any one of those and it was it was crazy it was crazy fun <laughs> <laughs> it was wild to be out in the Midwest too because it's so different from California but yeah yeah it was a big 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 part of my life
1: and then is that what like would you say a time that you knew like this is the path this is the career for me
2: yeah I mean I think before that I you know I was finishing school and I didn't know what I was going to do next and and buddy was like what are you gonna do next I'm like I don't know he said here apply, talk to this person. Next thing you know, I was like, why not Flying out, I gave away all my possessions and arranged for um, my daughter to stay with her dad because this was something that I always had wanted to do, travel and, and uh, do something for myself, you know, and I, I hadn't sacrificed much before that. And so it was a big decision, but I just felt like it was Right. And I thought, if I can pursue my passions and my dreams, then maybe one day my daughter might see that I did that and that she'll know that she can do that, too.
1: Wow, that must have been such a hard decision at the time.
2: Yeah, it was. And of course, you know, the first month I'm out there, I was like, this is a terrible decision. What <laughs> did you do this for? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing you Dressed ever me.
0: did. Dress yeah. me! No! I'm like, don't call
1: her! It was
2: really hard. You know, I hadn't been away from her in so long. It was a lot of tears. Yeah. um, A lot of a lot of tears, a lot of new experiences. And I hadn't had that, you know, I never had the, like the real college experience. So I think for me, that was, it was like, like it took the place of that for me, but also had a lot of really wonderful directors out there. Linda Kennedy and Ron Himes. They were just wonderful mentors to me.
1: You know, and that was funny before we got off in the podcast, like I was telling you, like when I meet in podcast people, like we become everyone that we meet. I I could only imagine the people that you met on this trip and the people that you learn from the people that you keep in your memory like definitely like illuminate now in you.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like when I you know was talking about how we lost Buddy this year and and it was so sad because of you know COVID we I don't think he got a proper memorial you know yeah Um, we didn't get to gather and talk about him and stuff and and it's been really um present in my heart to just think you know what what would buddy do what would buddy want me to do what would what advice would he give me in my career right now and and how can I you know create some purpose from that and so I'm still figuring it out but it's definitely at the forefront of my mind when I think about you know what I'm doing and why
0: I do it yeah wow so after
1: that You know, because it's crazy because I know that you have other kids and you have a husband. I just want to get to that part, too. Like, does that happen? Like, Chris is like, I saw this play. This girl is amazing. (laughs) Like, what's her name? Or that doesn't happen yet. Like, what happens between that part?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot, actually. So, I actually met Chris, my husband, now, um, before I went to St. Louis. I met him right before September 11th, actually. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. Um, and this
1: is while you're, like, going to different shows? Or... Th- yeah,
2: this is while I was, um, you know, a theater student at yeah. San Jose State. Gotcha. And um, I met him. I'm like, wow, I, we fell in love. Like, I can honestly say it's, like, love at first sight. Because, really? Yeah. Is this jawline?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah well, you're right, mine. <laughs> I met him at
2: a bar. So Uh-oh. San Jose Peeps, if you remember the agenda, Ooh. downtown South First Street, Sunday nights, used to be reggae night. Oh. And uh, he was Okay, what was the
1: first move? <laughs> like, I play-by-play. Play. All right, come on.
2: So, I didn't want to go because I was like really into my spirituality. And I was like, hey, So, someone
1: I, invited you out.
2: Someone invited me. Like, Let us go. Have my fun girl Iza that. was like, Come on, come with me. And I was like, All right, fine. I don't even want to go, but I will. And uh, I was like, I'm going to go get some drinks. She was dancing. And I'm like, I lost my friend. Now I'm just here by myself <laughs> at the bar trying to get the bartender's attention. No love. And this dude comes up and he's like, said those magic words. Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> oh, Nice, Chris. His voice is way cooler than mine, by the way. Yeah. But, um, and I said, sure, but you got to buy my friend one, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was love. Um, but I really, we've really been together since. And that was like 20 years ago. Wow. So um, from there, I said, this is really cool you don't want to date me, I have a kid, and I'm also leaving for England in January. Okay,
0: this is
1: right after the drink?
2: This is not right after the drink, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was we, like we had a date, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and things moved pretty quickly. Yeah. And, um, and then I studied abroad in England for a semester, and I was like, you know, I'm leaving. But I think when September 11th happened, um, you know, the towers fell. We really bonded. We talked to each other, like, very early in the morning. Which is weird for someone who, for two people who have just met, like, it. that was like a week later. And um, I think we really, we really bonded over that trauma, which is kind of strange. But mm. um, the traveling, you know, restrictions were not as strict yeah. then. So he came and visited me while I was in England. And we had a long distance relationship, even though we had only been together for like two <laughs> or three months. Yeah. We used to call each other with calling cards. It was wild. We we uh, backpacked Europe, made a lot of memories. Um, came back, and that's when I went to St. Louis. And then after St. Louis, is you know, it was time to come back home. My mom wanted me to go to the Philippines with her. Oh. So I did. That was wild. And then I was like, I'm. I want to do film. I want to do TV. I want to do commercials. Um. I'm gonna take a break from this theater stuff because yeah. it's it's just a lot. A lot of traveling. Yeah, a lot of a lot of time. The time commitment that theater actors put in is no joke. You know, um, there's been a lot of discussion about just working conditions, mm-hmm. especially for people who work on um, crews, not just not just theater crews, but uh, mostly film crews, but we work really hard and it's usually six out of seven days a week yeah and um they're very very long hours and and your union should really protect you so anyways I had to stop because I was like I have a family I have a lot to focus on and I want to just try something new um why not technology was really starting to boom at that time yeah and um boom <laughs> that sounded weird but uh uh so I started studying at a um an acting studio learning Meisner technique and and it's been a wild ride from there just getting more into into that part of the industry.
1: Wow. Now you've been doing that since.
2: Yeah, I've tried to step away several times, but um I every time I come back I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is home. This yeah. is home for me just to be able to express myself and and just share my perspective you know I didn't have those mentors growing up when I was younger like little of um, artists or people saying yeah you can be an artist and I started later than a lot of people that I went to school with and a lot of my colleagues and I just thought well pretty stubborn so maybe I can just outlive them if I just stick (laughs) around long enough people will start start quitting people will drop off but i'm still standing i'm yeah. still
0: standing
1: <laughs> No, you, you were just telling me that you just did some auditions already and it's amazing that you just you just keep at it every single day
2: you you kind of have to you yeah. know like my job as an actor is to audition and just keep auditioning and like yeah. just really detach from the outcome just have fun doing it because it's of- like
1: so much uh, i think you have to be so humble because like when you audition it's always like in the beginning like what do they think of me am i gonna get a yes or a no and that's i feel like that's such an emotional you have to have, be so emotionally strong oh, to yeah. audition
2: oh yeah it is not an easy industry and you know when you first start you don't i feel like i'm losing i felt like i was losing money you know but yeah. so you really have to have tough skin and you have to have a very um a really healthy and balanced perspective of life and why you're doing it and um, if you can do that then you can do it because it's like you audition and you don't really get a yes or a no you only get a yes and otherwise it's like crickets you yeah. don't hear anything <laughs> that's almost <laughs> worse because then you're like did i do everything right Did yeah. they not like me and
1: then and they're like, you don't even get the feedback
2: you, you don't get yeah. feedback <laughs> so, <laughs> most times you don't you know so you just feeling like going in you really have to go in with an attitude of you know I'm, I'm giving my best self and i'm not attached to the outcome i'm just i'm just here having fun because i love what i do mm-hmm. so i think that's really helped me and I've learned that over many years of being in the industry.
1: Yeah. And then you've been in the industry ever since, just going on and on.
2: Pretty much. Except, you know, I've taken some detours, which, um, li- like, I worked in the yoga studio, which is how you oh, know, yeah. we have gotten to reconnect. Good segue. Yeah. Um, I-, I just thought, I need a break. So... I'm going to stop acting for a minute and see if I can teach yoga and just find some something new and, and enrich myself in a different way um, physically and mentally and spiritually. And, and that was like friggin' huge for my life. I I think I found so much peace and contentment Mm -hmm. and, and healing through that, you know, I think we were, we were talking about our fam our families earlier and I lost I lost my mom uh during that time, which was which was huge huge for me because we had been through so much, my mom and I together and she was really the strongest, like most bossest woman I know. And she was really hard on me, but we had heal we had, you know, gotten really close as I got older, I think and as she got older as well and her passing was really sudden and it was tough it was really tough for myself and our entire family and um think i'm so grateful that i had yoga at that time because i learned how to heal from that with a really healthy perspective um and have and have um just some balance and and um, a sense of non-attachment, you know, mm. like to be able to mourn that and just know that she was where she she needed to be, and I'm where I needed to be, and and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, just feeling really free from that. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, it was really really tough, and it still is. You know, I think that's one of those things that you'll never ever forget. But um, but yoga really helped me with that for sure.
1: Yeah, and you, you said like right right before you finished teacher training that had happened too.
2: Yeah, it was right up right before I started teaching is when she passed away. And I just I just thought, wow. What if I didn't have that? What if I was in a different place? Would I don't I don't think I would have handled it as well. Yeah. You know.
0: Cuz
1: you would just embark on this journey, you know, teaching and the community and the people like I know that I met you at Car Power too, and I've taken your classes, and, like, you just really touch people with... You just, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. Lisa as an actress, like, she has the power to control everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, Lisa, you are the best salesman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why didn't you training? <laughs> it's real, though. It's but, real. No, but you did. Like, you really touch people, and I think when I took in your class, you... Like, one of the biggest, I think, uh, intentions you always say is, like, you're always exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. exactly... Where you're supposed to be, and I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they're where they're supposed to be. They Mm -hmm. feel like their life is spiraling. But I think when you could think like that, like it's just very, very, it's like you just find peace. Yeah. With wherever you are and how you're feeling.
2: Thank you, thank you. I um I appreciate that. You know, I I had a um I don't know if you know this, but I had this really wild infection on my leg <laughs> where oh. I almost had it amputated.
1: Oh yeah. You did mention this in a yoga class too.
2: Probably. Yeah. I was in the hospital for two months and I actually it was near fatal. And um there was this moment when the doctor where I asked the doctor, you know, is there a possibility that I may not make it through this? And he said, you know, we're gonna do everything we can do to avoid that. And I said, Listen I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe I have a kid. Yeah. I need to prepare my family and I need to know. And he said, Yeah, that's a possibility. And I just in that moment I thought, Okay. If I if I go tomorrow, I'm okay. I lived a I lived a damn good life. You know? I'm good where I'm at right now. And I I'm just like I'm I'm filled with gratitude for whatever inspired those thoughts to go through my mind because I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know I had that strength, but in that moment, I I think I had to. And um, the next day, I woke up, and I was still there. you know. And then I had all these surgeries, and they told me that I was going to have my leg amputated. And I woke up, and my leg was still there. So I'm definitely blessed to to have my leg to have my life and i think it's it's so important to just live your life like you don't know if what what tomorrow holds you don't know if you're going to be here in the next second right um because i've gone through it literally literally you know and um and i think even though it seems tragic from the outside it was Maybe the second best thing that ever happened to me before Jasmine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or this, after Jasmine, rather.
1: This makes me think of, um, of a very specific quote I love from one of my favorite um, gurus. He's like an angel investor. His name is like Naval Ravikant. But he uh, quoted a line from Confucius. He's like, everyone has two lives. Your second life begins when you realize you only have one life. <laughs> but it's you know it's just what i think it's uh and then another quote i don't know where this comes but like when you when, when you're about to lose everything that's when you really realize you have everything to the game.
0: oh i love
2: that <gasps> i love that i have to write that
1: down yeah and then like i said for i was telling you before the podcast i'm like people that have so much light and you glow so hard you glow so hard that I had to get sunglasses in class.
0: And I had to look away. <laughs>
1: I had to report it to the manager. <laughs> get, get epilepsy, but like people that glow and shine, like I just realized now, it's like it means so much more when I knew there was a point in time that you weren't shining, that your light was about to go out. That's why when I say when people's fire they bur- they like they burn so brightly, it's because there are moments and seconds like when their fire is about to be put out.
2: Yeah, I mean. I've been through some shit, <laughs> you know, Poop. where, yeah, just, just, it, it's, it's perspective, you know, how are you going to approach this? And I, I really feel like I've skirted so many, so much tragedy, um, and, and turned it into something shiny <laughs> because, you know, if you're not, then what's the point, right? Yeah. I guess. Woo! You're giving me a workout with all these questions here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're just getting through our themes right
1: now. Oh, my gosh. So, let me pull it up here. So We did touch on a couple of them before we want to move on to some other things. But did we say everything that we wanted to say about motherhood?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I don't have one child. I have three children. Oh! So, I have... One times... Three. one times three is three <laughs> so um my middle daughter nina is 12 and then my youngest maria is seven all right
1: your favorite three two one go oh! <laughs> Just kidding. i call
2: them number, number one number one and then um my my most unique child is nina and um, Maria is the joy bringer. Mm. They're all completely different. And you just perfectly wonderful. Um, they drive me crazy. And it's all worth it. But I think there was a time when I had a teenager, a toddler, and an infant at the same time. A newborn. And that was freaking wild.
1: Yeah, that's like all walks of life that you had.
2: Yeah, so we've been through them all and you know my eldest now is 27 so you can all do the math on that one but um but it's it's crazy it just keeps me so grounded i think if i didn't have kids i would just be so wild it would be it would be too <laughs> much you know how, like there's people you know how there's people, you should see the reaction on
1: her face when she said <laughs> that i was like oh
0: shit there's people like you
2: don't hang out with yeah. all the time because if you did, I think the world would just explode. Yeah, you know, like, um, like Diane, no, oh, or actually, Diane Colin Diane Kwan, Kwan now, um, Dequan, Dequan. <laughs> she and I have had some fun moments, but I think if we hung out all the time, we <laughs> may not be alive today. <laughs> um, so, so I think uh, that's how it is with my kids. Like, they really ground me. They give me a lot of purpose of why I make the decisions I make and they're always for the better. You know, they inspire me to be healthy, to be energetic, to be positive, to to give back to the world, you know, because I'm like their example of what they're going to be like. I don't want no responsibility for them being... They're assholes or something. That's yeah. not me, I hope, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. Like, I
1: don't know, mom. I'm a podcast. <laughs> if you didn't have you said you're going to be a <laughs> wow.
2: My, my mom told me, actually, w- with my first pregnancy, she said, God forbid you have a daughter that turns out like you. And I was like, Ouch. Oh. That stings so hard yeah. because I was a really rebellious teenager. But, um, I'm like, no way, never. I'm going to be the best freaking mom and they're going to be awesome little angels. And whenever my kids challenge me, I'm like, dang, mom, that's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) What are
1: the biggest lessons that you tell them now? Now that you had them at different ages and you've gone through life and everything so far.
2: Yeah. um, One of the biggest things, (laughs) I, I say this all the time, they probably... Think I lecture them with this, but it's you know with with um with privilege comes responsibility. So if you want to have whatever privilege it is, whether it's watching TV or the career you want, or you know a material item like shoes or whatnot, what are you doing to be? What's your end of the responsibility for that? You know, um, you just got to be a good person. Be kind. That's your your responsibility to be a good human allows you to have this privilege. Don't be um you can be spoiled, but you can't be a brat. You mm. know? And um just remember where you came from.
1: Yeah, no, that's super important too. Yeah, because I think privilege a lot of people don't know how worse people could have it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you've gone through so
0: much. Oh, my god. You know, and then they
1: could be complaining about their phone not working or right? something trivial. And then it's just almost like, you know, maybe it's great to, for you to tell your story in this podcast so they could understand, like, this is why you feel this way.
2: Oh, heck yeah. Um, I right? mean, have you been to the Philippines?
1: Only when I was, like, younger. Okay. Like, when I was, like, seven. and Yeah. I what? didn't really get to contemplate or, like, psychologically analyze
2: when I went for the first time, this is like 15 years ago. And so I was an adult and, um, I, I cried like the first week I was there cause I felt so spoiled,
0: Wow.
2: you know, um, I don't, I don't feel like I am spoiled, but in comparison, because it's such a, it's a third world country, you know? So, you know, my cousins are like, they're wanting to talk to me and sit out on the couch and I'm yeah. like, I'm so hot right now I teach hot yoga and yeah. I was like it is so hot and all I wanted to do was sit in the one air conditioned room that at my uncle's house which was a privilege that they even had that yeah and you know I would force myself to go sit out on the couch and like talk to them but I was like all I could think about was how hot it was, and I and I would go to bed crying because <laughs> I just thought I'm so spoiled that that's what I'm thinking about right now. You mm. know, like I was like, I just want coffee, I want a real coffee, not like instant coffee. You know, and then I would I would crave it so bad, and then I'd feel guilty for for like wanting it. So yeah. it was definitely a culture shock, and it and it humbled me big time, big time. Wow. Yeah, I definitely appreciate so much more. You know, now after that experience anyways when did you go i went in 2006 so um it's been a while yeah. it was a, it was a really hard trip but i was there for a month so i got to see a lot and experience a lot
1: yeah no it's crazy and i, I know that i haven't been to the philippines when i was of uh, you know age where i could comprehend but i did get the chance to go to israel hmm. yeah and i was like what, 24 23 and um, I got to see Israelis, and then I also got to see the Palestinians and see how they live and like just what they have to worry about—multiple fronts and missiles in the sky. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, when I experienced things that would frustrate me here, or see other my friends getting mad about, oh, my life is this, or my life is stressful, like, oh, I don't mean to have a girlfriend, like my parents want me to have kids. I'm like. These are a lot of like material or trivial things to be wishing for when people just want to know that you could live today.
2: Yeah, like, uh... do
1: worry about enemies. You know, we're just literally worrying about your neighbors, your neighboring countries. Right. Everyone's like, oh, it's just another good day to live. Like, but everyone knows how to shoot a gun in Israel just because we might have to defend our our whole existence.
2: That's. Great that's wild you know and um i mean it's wild to us and then that's the norm that's the norm there and and i think yeah. that's why cultural diversity is so important because we learn so much yeah. from other people we bring those those experiences oh, into so our americanism yeah then we they- could
1: understand how other cultures view us you know, like i remember the biggest <laughs> i was at a restaurant in israel um and it was like a they make some of the israeli pubs they make it like american style like irish pubs And then uh, one of the waitresses is like, oh, you guys are American, huh? He's like, want to hear my impression of Americans? And I was like, yeah, bring it on. (laughs) And she was like, all right, look at me. And like, I just got off the plane yo bro look dude this is cool this is great like all this food's awesome all they have beer oh this is cool you know and, and the fact that like you know it's funny and we thought we, and me and my um, other coworkers we were there we we were for like because we were in a cybersecurity sales we we're all laughing because like that's what we were doing yeah. but then they take us to jerusalem then they take, tell us the history and i'm like oh my gosh everyone knows everyone here knows how to shoot a gun they're all fighting all fronts from all these different countries they have to worry about missiles flying over their country every day and we're over here like saying that oh my god the food here is awesome oh look at the resort like you know just like all oh, like Jerusalem the old castle that looks awesome oh Jesus was here <laughs> like, just, yeah, right? and, and after learning like even like seeing the Palestinians and how they were treated like subservient you know and it's you know also their country too and their struggle and like all the history like it opened my eyes. Like, I didn't even think I was going to know Israel at that level and feel their emotions when you actually meet the people and the culture. Yeah. And I would love to, you know, get a chance to go to the Philippines because I, I get it. When you're actually there, it matters because you're there. That, that person's breathing in front of you and they're living it.
2: I love that. I love the way you said that. It just matters that you're there. I mean, I told you I spent a semester in England and, and, um, stayed with this family they were so wonderful to me it was a it was an old not older but they were older than me a couple and we got along so well they they even named their bird after me they got a new bird and they named it Mel but anyways they I made them adobo one night because if you've ever had English food, it's not that great. Right. <laughs> um, it's bland in comparison, I should say. But um, I made them a Filipino dish, yeah. adobo. It's like a very popular dish and very tasty. And they were freaking out. They were like, this is so good. We love we love this doby doby chicken. Doby doby. And then, you know, I think they finally, this is like when I was getting ready to leave and they finally asked me, yeah. I said, what? what are you anyway? And I was kind of messing with them because I knew what they were asking. I was like, I'm American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do that too. I am. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean,
2: I was born in America. I am American. And they were like, no, but, you know, what are you? And I'm like, well, my parents are from the Philippines. But I was born in California. And I said, what did you think I was? And they said, because they, my maiden name is Navarro. And they said, well, I saw Navarro. And I thought, she, this is exactly what my host dad said. He said is she a bloody navajo indian (laughs) (laughs) terrible accent i have but you know he had no clue and and asked him what his impression was of californians and what he expected and he said you know he expected either like a, a cowboy or um, a surfer, a surfer person, oh, like a wow. surfer dude. Yeah. And I'm like, well, neither of those, clearly. Yeah. But this I is, thought that was hilarious. It's and... because their
1: association with the name. Yeah. Right?
2: Navarro. Like, <laughs> they thought, it they, asked, they said, yeah. first they thought, well, she's maybe she's either like a cowboy, maybe she's a surfer, or maybe she's a, a Navajo Indian.
1: Those are all great things.
2: Yeah, they're <laughs> all wonderful things. None of them, which I truly identify with, but I thought it wasn't so... Um, interesting in the way you explain that you know just you being there you're affecting each other yeah in such a huge way Yeah, because now know? they
1: 100 know what filipinos are because i yeah. experienced like oh we had someone that lived with us they weren't an and they were filipino-american yeah. or she called herself american exactly yeah, you know yeah.
2: like i'm you know i've been reading about this a lot because it's filipino-american history month right now and filipino-american history is american history it's part of it it's not in any textbook that i've seen in school and i think it needs to be recognized it's so important for us culturally to know that we have contributed to this country just as much as anybody else you know and and that's why acting to me is so important because our representation matters i you know hopefully you know my kid not just my kids but other younger filipinas filipinos filipinex will be able to say oh look she's doing it i can do it too
1: because yeah. i didn't
2: have that growing up so or it wasn't readily available yeah. to me anyway well there's always a lot
1: of judgments and assumptions on american filipinos that know tagalog yeah I'm a, that's what I'm like when i don't like going to see city like you know someone's like oh you don't know um like did this guy be drinking his coffee and it's like he's like oh you don't know tagalog and i was like no I'm, filipino-american and (laughs) then he spits out i'm just like but the thing is you know and then they're just like you need to know your culture you don't know who you are and and, you know and i always thought you know to be honest that's what you think that's what you because like i live my life too and i'm an american and i have my american and diverse friends and i didn't live in the philippines so i do know who i am and Mm -hmm. i am someone that doesn't live in the Philippines.
0: Yeah, and as I think- much as
1: I'm Filipino and like I should know Tagalog and I should know my heritage, at a point in time maybe I will, but I'm not now, and this is who I am. And, and it then, doesn't
2: make you any less. Yeah, you know, and I think that's so important to know.
1: And a lot of Filipinos just like you should know, you should know that that's your heritage. They make you feel guilty, like that's your culture. And like even my parents didn't teach us Tagalog, and I'm gonna be completely honest, like it, it, I know that people that speak the same first language they become closer Mm -hmm. but my parents wanted us to assimilate same yeah we are the product of what you originally wanted us to be yeah so here i am
2: same yeah i I mean i think when we were younger it wasn't as cool and i think our parents had fear that we would be discriminated against because of our accent and um and it's it's learnable you know and i think we're we're just as Filipino as anyone else. We're just as American as anybody else. Um, And I think that's a wonderful, diverse thing to be, you know? Everyone has a different history and a different story.
1: Yeah. It's like anyone, like, it's like, who who, who are we that allow people to decide what are we supposed to identify? Yeah. Right? And if I want to be American, I'm American. If I want to be Filipino, I'm Filipino. I have history in both. Right. And no one gave the true definition of what it truly is, but there is American born and is Filipino born. Yeah. Right? And I know I fall in one of those two categories.
2: Yeah. I think it's, you know, that's that's privileged thinking for to judge. You know?
1: Yeah. And I I think a lot of old school heritage and old school thinking, old school thought and you know, it's so funny and I think about this like how our parents wanted us to be in old thought and old history. Sometimes those do go away because that stays with that generation and that generation will grow and go away as life goes on.
0: Yeah. And then
1: our train of thought, our generation, our thought gets to live on and our ideals. And I just feel like it gets more vulnerable and open and it's always changing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think as you, get older, you do yearn to, to learn more. I mean, that's why we're having this conversation now. We're like, wow, what can I learn from you? You know, what can you learn from me? And how can we share that? You know? Um, and, and it's a balance, right? Because there's old school traditional thinking and then there's new school Thinking, and then there's all the different colors in between. So I'm talking with my hands a yeah, lot. I <laughs> I'm I know, expressing. Because all the
1: listeners see that. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I was like, you know, when I think about how I'm going to present this story, it's like Melissa Loxon, or Melissa Navarro, uh, Filipino-American, born in America, who was, had gone through, you know, the school system here, the American school system. of had a child at junior college, I mean junior high school, and like gone through the adverse like the challenges and adversity that has and like going through the jobs it's just like it's this whole history and story that has as much as value as if if you're Filipino and lived and be in the Philippines it's just we get to tell our story because I'm podcasting you now (laughs) and they could exist over there too and they're just different stories yeah that have the if not the same value Uh,
2: and we need we need all the stories
1: yeah we need all the stories all of it (laughs) all of it. <laughs> but now that's a great segue into being Filipino-American. But I did jump in the motherhood and Filipino-American. Did you have any more that you want to say between those two topics?
2: Oh, man, I think we said enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about spiritual?
2: Spiritual, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with the yoga. You know, I, I, I definitely grew up in a Catholic church, and... That's where Isn't I, that when you met my sister? That's where I met your sister. Yeah. And, and you, how much older is your sister than you?
1: I think she's. I know my brother. I don't. I don't know if I want to even say how much older. You don't have to tell me your
2: age, but just tell me the age difference between you and your sister. I
1: think it's like six or seven. Okay, sure. so
2: I met your sister when she was thirteen. And. So that means you were six or seven when I met you. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's like I, I remember going to her house. Yeah. And what I love about that time when I was going through my spiritual phase in the Catholic Church is that um, my brother was a youth minister at the time. And so I was just on his his leadership team. And that's how I met your sister. And I met so many amazing teens because it was a it was a teen group and the way I look at it now is we connected through mentorship and just through growing like you know I don't think you have to say God to believe in a God or a greater being Um I, I'm saying that now because I don't practice Catholicism I think it's really beautiful I think whatever spirituality you are is, is wonderful if that helps you to be a good person but it really connected me with some some amazing people and so I mentored your sister for a long time and we've remained friends since then and now and then and then I got to know you and your brother and
1: yeah through yoga <laughs>
2: through yoga which is another it's you know slim. the next journey of my spirituality yeah. you know which
1: and I, you I, met so many people through that you know like I know you mentioned Diane but like it's like everyone that we've met I've, oh my god they're all amazing
2: they're they're phenomenal people who you know it's like at at the core of it anyone who is you know yearning or connected to a spiritual group of some kind you're really looking for something good and you know hope it's it's people who screw it up you know because we're not perfect but um but at the heart of it is just people wanting to be good and being surrounded by that goodness, right? Yeah. And that energy. And um, I mean, that's what your, your sister is like, so full of energy. I <laughs> love her so much. Um, so shout out to the other Melissa. Yeah. And, um, and uh, that has a lot to do with my outlook on life is just finding the good, finding the love in everything. I mean, that's, that's how we deal with motherhood. That's how I deal with acting. It's just finding the love, you know?
1: Being around and finding something that you love to do or love to be around.
2: And just sharing love, you know? Like, love for people, love for life because right. cause it's short, so.
1: Lox, I know you're listening right now. Big love. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, no, yeah, I love that. Wow, okay. I wanna jump to this really important one. Nachos. Oh man, I love nachos. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking Melissa like all these themes this is nachos. Okay, no but we did say so we talked about motherhood, acting, yoga, your mother. Did we do we say enough about your mom?
2: Hmm, big ups, mom. Um Yeah. My mom my mom's awesome. She's really helped me be who I am today for sure she was um she came here from the Philippines she sponsored so many of our family members Mm. to to come here and help them gain their citizenship and find careers
1: you said she was like the matriarch in your family
2: yeah um she was one of 13 so I have a huge family and um she was an entrepreneur which you know, from the seventies and eighties to be a female entrepreneur is that's a lot. Like that was very rare at the time. So she had her own accounting business. She was the first president of um one of the Filipino associations. Oh, the first wow. female president, I should say. <sighs> you know? So it's funny I was thinking about this on the way over here where I'm an actor and acting is my business. Like it's my full time job besides being a mom and and you have to be an entrepreneur to do that. And I thought, wow, thank goodness I had my mom's influence on, on on that, you know, learning how to manage my own business and balance it with life because, you know, she had a family, too, and she supported everyone yeah. who was around her. So
1: it's great. And, you know, it, it takes me back because you wanted to be, like, a great role model for your kids and then understanding how your mom sounded like she worked and grinded so hard. Like her work ethic is relentless, and I feel like you definitely have that relentless work ethic. (laughs) (laughs) Relentless. I'm gonna use that word all day tomorrow. I love it. Um, (laughs) Merciless. (laughs) You know, like when, like, even like you said, you just taught yoga, you didn't just teach yoga. You made, you brought the masses of people to do yoga for the first time and love it and like become yoga instructors. (laughs) And then you became and then just like Macy's, you Macy that shit <laughs> <laughs> you like you came in you just you took a yoga class and then you like started training instructors and you managed a couple studios here and there
2: <laughs> just you know all the studios just, yeah. <laughs> um yeah I don't half ass anything I don't know if you know this <laughs> <laughs> not even my nachos yeah I will eat all the nachos <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but that's a, no that's amazing and i I think uh you know it's it's hard and like when you When you have those strong mentors, it means so much. Yeah. You just want to emulate them and take what they gave us and
0: make the most of it. Yeah. I love that. Anything else on her? Nah. Save my tears for another day. Okay. All right.
1: So we hit acting. Anything else on acting?
2: Oh man. No, I just I just love it. I, I I'm an actor. I, I coach people to be an actor, you know, because I learn I learn the hard way and I mean it's the same thing with that like mentorship thing. I just wanna be able to help people find their authentic selves. Yeah. You know, and own that. You don't have to look a certain way or have a certain lifestyle or be something that you're not to be an actor. You know, you can be a mom. And an actor. You can be any size, any ethnicity, any shape, form, and and act. You know, if you act, you're an actor. And I think with people just trying to find their confidence and their footing in this industry, I think we need more real people who who are those mentors to say that, you know, you don't have to look be this thin and this tall yeah
1: and they have no idea like oh i'm not this pretty to be an actor yeah i'm not super fit and or... and
2: it's changing i think it's changing slowly and um i just want to be there when it's when when it happens you know and you're seeing so many more asian american pacific islanders in you know outwardly facing in in Hollywood right now and I think it's so wonderful and so beautiful. I support yeah. that one thousand percent, you know, it's like thank you for paving that way for all of us around here. So
1: Yeah, like Shang Chi. Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I know I have some friends that are gonna be listening that maybe wanna be an actor. What would be your advice to them if they were just gonna just start?
2: Yeah, I would say Take a class and never stop learning mm. and, and do it because you love it. If you're doing it for the money, you're probably in the wrong industry, you know? <laughs> or unless you're investing in Bitcoin or something. At the same time. Just kidding. Or or virtual horses. <laughs> 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 Which I'm newly learning about. Um, yeah, just whatever you do, whether it's acting or anything, just do it because you love it and be surrounded by it. So find your inspiration and and be influenced by it. Surround yourself with people who support you, whether it's a, a, a teacher, a coach, a mentor, other actors. Do that because that's gonna, you need your support system. That's your team. You know, acting mm. can be very isolating because, like I said, I'm an entrepreneur, it's my own business. But I have a team of people that I work with to help me with my business because there's the finances, there's the craft. There's the networking. There's so much to it. And yeah, to be, and you have to
1: meet new people every day.
2: Yeah, and and just knowing what to expect in the industry, you know. Um, and then number one is just your craft. That's why you take a class, learn, be a sponge because it's so much fun if you just enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good advice with anything. <laughs> so we hit almost. I feel like all of our themes. Um. This is the point where I'm gonna ask you: Is there anything else that we didn't talk about, or a theme that we didn't go more in depth with that you want to mention now?
2: Oh my goodness! Please shut me up. I feel like I've been talking so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably because of this coffee you
0: got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's good. I think uh, we definitely hit all of these. I do have questions at the end, but any anything else?
0: No,
2: I'm just I'm excited to just converse with you and and learn from you too. Cool.
1: I know I need to do a reversal podcast at some point, but I'll, I'll let you ask. You <gasps> let know, me
2: interview you one day.
1: Well, you know what's been happening. A lot, a lot of people have been wanting to. They've listened to my podcast, and after we finish, I'll let them ask me a couple of questions. So mm. we could do that too. But I have to ask you my questions first. All
2: right, fine.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. So nothing else before I go into my questions. Oh. All right. So there are six questions. Number one: What are things that you do to seize the day?
2: Hmm just make time to breathe and, oh and very yoga <laughs> i know <laughs> there, yeah just just do a little check-in and and breathe and
1: is that what you like do in the morning
0: or? it is
2: yeah i i pretty much meditate when i wake up in the morning and do you like
0: um, close your eyes I close my eyes. Again. Is it in like Indian style? Uh,
2: Native American style. Native American style? <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're criss-cross, right. You're crisscross right. applesauce.
1: Crisscross applesauce. Um, n-
2: n- no, not always. Sometimes I just, I breathe, you know. I've, I have different breathing techniques that I do. But I do just take that moment of waking up, breathing, finding joy in just the moment and just being like, wow, I'm awake and alive right now.
1: God, you're on some next level shit. Like that's, <laughs> you know when I'm trying to think about how I want to be? Like, you definitely embody a lot of these things. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's definitely what I
0: want to do. That means do. a lot
2: to me. Thank you. Sometimes <laughs> no, I just think I do some weird, weird shit.
0: <laughs> that's I think, what I do.
1: Honestly, I think there are layers of, like, you know, when people, like, I want to say, like, people are higher than other people, but, like, you just extended so many levels already. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to skip a couple levels.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm super blushing right now, but thank you.
0: Number two, what is the point of life? Freedom. Just freedom, you know?
2: if I think if you're too attached to life, the physical aspect of it, then, you know, the, things can go. You're really looking for the end result, but I think the point is to just, feel free and living it just being in it you know that goes along with my number one question is (laughs) just uh appreciating the moment just being present
1: wow you know what's so crazy (laughs) because like you said number two and like you just said freedom and this morning i think maybe around like 10 or 11 like i took a quick 15 minute work break and then i listened to this youtube video called freedom of thought and um on this one it was talking about freedom it was actually if you ever search it up um and one of the big things is that we we live in prison when we live our lives about what people think about us like we live in their prison when we care about how they perceive us and what they expect of us and when we care about that we become that we're not who we really are and when we're we're not who we really are that means we're in prison yeah. because we're living to the expectation of someone else and of what they think of us. But when you're able to let that go and be who you are and truly that's who you are without anyone else is thought about you, then that's when you're truly free.
2: Yeah. That's well said. And I think you know, I'm I'm saying all this because this is this is what I strive for, but I I'm not even striving for it. I just want to be it without Striving for an end result of it, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying it's per- it's not perfect and it's not easy, because we're tested every day with just stuff that comes up. Yeah. Like life is, life can be really hard. Like you're never
1: gonna, if you're gonna expect that in the future, you're gonna be in a point of enlightenment, then you'll never reach it because it's always in the future. Right. Right. And another freedom of thought. I have a lot of things I've been listening to, but one of the biggest things is that we live our um our lives in conflict when we want things that we don't already have Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we already have that we could give all the time is our attention quote-unquote love which is how you make people feel things that you could eat things that you could do today and if those are things that don't cost time which is conflict which you could give but when you need something that you don't already have that means what you want it takes time to get it so you will live in conflict until you have it
2: right and you might not ever get it so and that might be out of your control yeah so that would suck <laughs> 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 and if you and, and when i feel like that i'm like this sucks why okay let me re-examine my life and where i am and what do i need to do or not do what yeah. do i need to let go of to feel more free
1: and like, being at peace, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, where you are now, like, there. obviously, it's, it's okay to have wants and desires and know that you're going to want to be at that point. But there are people who, was like, just wanted to have even one kid or just wanted to have a stable job, just wanted to have a husband, just wanted to have a house, wanted to have every single maybe small aspects that you already have. And then you could be sitting there wanting something else and not and being in conflict yourself. Yeah. When you need to take a second to just be and be happy what you're able to give,
2: yeah, exactly. Happy
1: so, what you already have,
2: just be present, just be here now.
1: Oh my gosh, you just said another thing. <laughs> <laughs> what I well, be here now. Is, it comes from, um, that's a quote from one of my faves, is, it's right there. His name is Ramdas. That's the second, but it's still here. Oh, but yeah, he, he's a spiritual guru, and mm-hmm. it's about being present, like be here now. Whole thing and I wanna get into it. Number three. <laughs> what are things in society that people can do better at?
0: Loving and letting go. That's it. I mean I think
2: people in society can hold on to you know, it, it, they all go together with the way they they want things to be or how things should be. Mm. And They fight so hard for it in these like angry hateful ways and it is so hurtful to others and and the energy you know it's like so much tragedy and trauma has happened in this last two years with not just COVID but with racism and killings and violence against Asian Americans and African Americans and you know I, I, it it hurts it hurts it hurts me to see it you know and i'm like man can we just can, i know we can do better i know we can love each other more i know we can let go of some of the privileged thinking that is freaking up people's asses right now it is i know we can do better yeah and i think sometimes i wish i had more time to like to to have privileged thinking like that i don't even have time to do it you know i'm just i'm just trying to live (laughs) i'm just trying to be here now (laughs) you're messing up my my energy my g yeah so it's yeah love it always comes back to love
1: it does it's and it's so sad this because like i have a lot of other friends too that like it's just crazy because I, I know what I'm doing now. And I'm it's a privilege for me, too, to have podcasts and talk to all these people and have friends like you, right? Those are things that people, I know that, like, oh, Martin talks talks to all these different people with such open thinking, such vulnerable, vulnerability, so much love. Not everyone gets to go through that. You have to experience these things to become this or, like, if this is someone that you want to become like or people you want to be around, you have to take the steps to go there, or even want to go there, because people just get stuck where they are, and they yeah. don't—they don't even know if they even like who they are.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if if anyone's hating on you for being privileged enough to do that, you know, it—it's probably just a reflection of where they are, and not what you're doing. I mean, I think it's when we're when we're doing good and we want to share it. I think that should be allowed. We shouldn't have to feel guilty about that. Yeah, because. Really, the intention is to just share that loving energy, right? Um, But people will judge and, oh, well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And if you're listening this far, (laughs) then what does that really mean for you? Sorry,
0: not sorry.
1: (laughs) Number four, happiest moment you can remember.
2: Hmm happiest moment i can remember is when my first daughter came into the world because i think that's the first time i really knew what true love was
1: sorry chris i'm just kidding <laughs>
2: well you know she was my first love because i had her before i met, yeah. met my my husband chris now and um she had a different dad and you know i think it had nothing really to do with anybody else except just her like like this gift from God actually her middle name Kea Kalina means God's gracious gift Mm. and I really do believe it was just grace that gifted me with that true love that wasn't about myself it was about somebody else and that was the first time I ever experienced that and of course I've gotten to experience it more with With my husband and with my two other children Mm -hmm. and everyone else in my life, you know, I think it's when you can put your attention on somebody else outside of yourself that that really is love.
0: Mic drop. (laughs) You can't drop these mics, though. They're (laughs) on little robot arms.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Number five, biggest lesson or proverb that currently resonates with you?
2: (sighs) Live the life you imagine. Um, I think it's, uh, gosh, why can't I think of who said that? I I know it, but I think the coffee is giving me the jitters, and I can't think of it. But it's go forth in the direction of your dreams, live the life that you imagine, and that that's been coming back up in my life because I'm 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 trying to up level where I am right now and and see what's next for me. I'm feeling like there's it's not just fall and the change of seasons, but maybe there's a change in in my life that I'm getting ready to make and thinking about what's next for me? I don't know. And how can I work towards something and also not get attached to it. But I do know the feelings that I want to have. I know the energy that I I want to be around. and so I'm trying to come at it in that direction rather than, How much money do I want to have or where I want to live or what do I want my house to look like? Although my family would probably not think that because I'm always (laughs) like, let's make the house look like
0: this.
2: (laughs) But um, but yeah, just like how how do I imagine my life? Not just not just what it looks like, but what does it feel like? So I've been really sitting with that. Recently, and if we think of the person who said that quote, then I'll let you know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, we could always search it later. Yeah. No, no, I love that. I think. Uh, I think one of the things um, when I first started this podcast, even the first one, I was like, "Who am I gonna be like 30 episodes later?" I'm like 30 mm-hmm. episodes later now, and I'm like, "Wow, wow!" Like yeah. I didn't. I could never have imagined what I was gonna feel and be like now compared to when I first started. When I I listened to my first podcast recently. And I just never knew that I would meet all these people. I would connect this much, and like you know, when I saw you at the wedding, I just knew for a fact that I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna podcast Melissa at some point." It's like all of the things that I manifest. Like I knew this was gonna happen. I knew that we we're gonna get to this point in the moment. I knew that the time would be right when I'm like, "Okay, great," and it happens. And like all these, this, I have all these other people after this too. i like, I know there's gonna be a moment, and I'm gonna podcast you. Sometimes I don't have a date set, but it happens because I know I see dreams that it's going to happen. It's going to be the right moment. It's like we're going to go do some weird thing and like, hey, I'm ready now. I'm like, oh, cool shit, I'm ready now, too. You know, so it's like seeing the signs.
2: Yeah. Thank, thank you for saying that in me. You know, it's like it's making me think of a time in my life when. Because I feel like everything I'm saying right now just sounds so positive and rosy, but there's been a lot of downsides, too. And there wasn't a time in my life when I was not living the life I imagined several times actually and you know like I remember sitting on my patio in my one-bedroom apartment and smoking cigarettes all day and wearing the same clothes for days and my hair up in some crazy hat I'm still wearing crazy hats but um and smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and I was doing, and it was really a low point for me, you know. And to think of that person now, it seems like such a different person, and yet I know that still lives in me, you know. It's like that person hasn't gone away, but I just know a little bit better now. And yeah. thank goodness because I don't want to be there anymore, you know. I i i wanna, I wanna still be able to dream about new experiences and, and new chapters in my life that are wonderful and, and gifts that I can leave for my children. I don't know what those are yet, you yeah. know?
1: <laughs> well, I think it's perfect that that's your thought process. Like, you, you do want to dream that. You're, the way that you were thinking, you don't know what it is, but it definitely takes your steps, like your path. Like, you're definitely on the path where you're like, okay, like how I wanted to start a podcasting. I didn't really know what i was walking i was like oh, i'll be cool to record and like remember people and that'd be great but now i'm just like wow this is a part of my life like i get to just live life and say these are the people that i meet and there's here are their stories and then also just like just have a stronger connection with them. everyone i have podcasted is just strong such a strong connection and friendship yeah like think about it this is the longest conversation we've ever had in our lives
0: that's cool right and Seriously. i've done that with
1: like 30 other people you right? know all the other times have just been like oh we're at a party oh we're at a wedding or you know we get coffee or you see them a little bit for school but this is the first time where like i could just sit down people and like all right let's talk about our all of our lives so far and everything that's happened to you i've learned so much about you just about this hour and a half because we just took a moment to just take some gratitude and take some time to just so i could listen
2: Seriously, I had to, I had to like pause and take that in for a minute. I mean, thank you for your energy. Like, like, my energy and then your energy added together is that much more energy and everyone who listens is that energy is exponential and it grows like, yeah, that's freaking cool.
1: It's like like Broly from Dragon Ball Z is making an energy bomb. He's going to send <laughs> yes. it down to 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 earth and then Go- Goku has to like shoot a kameha from heaven or Gohan shoots the a...
2: <laughs> I I'm visualizing this and I'm seeing your hand shoot from out my and my it's my
0: amazing. My
1: <laughs> no, but it's you're right. Energy is uh, that's a big thing like I try to make sure that who I am now and I keep this good energy. I can't podcast if I'm not in a good space it's it wouldn't be i always say i can't be the person that tell people to be okay if i'm not okay yeah you know like i'm like i told you i'd lost 40 pounds like i've been on my game i've been doing spiritual things i've been trying to help my family i've been making sure that i stay healthy i work out every morning i wake up in the morning i do motivational um talks with myself i write down who i want to be and how i want to feel and i and i have like a like a whole plan for my podcast and like. When you, you sounds like you're doing that now, and I think it's <clears throat> so important to treat your life like your job. You know, people are like, oh, I want to keep my job and my life separate, but treat your life the, like it's the most important job. How come we don't measure ourselves? Um, who we are? We don't measure our data. We don't wear ourselves every day. We don't check how much macro calories that we're eating every day. We don't, like, check in what we did from this week and last week, and did I do better than yesterday from today? And if we just, like, do that, and then one of the biggest things, I think, I was teaching yoga one day, and there was a student, and she was having, like, a depressed day, and I was just like, you know, you need to try to find a way to win today. She's like, what do you mean? Like, find a way to make this day matter. If you could win the majority of your days, you know what happens? She's like, no. I'm like, what happens? I win?
0: <laughs> I'm like, uh,
1: yeah, you win, but if you win the majority of your days in your life, then when you reach your last day say you had a good life yeah your life is the sum of all your days so try to win every one.
0: yeah i love that i love that you know it's like i mean i i, I think
2: you probably know by now that i'm pretty transparent <laughs> <laughs> but um i think it's so important to find the good in things because I know that, you know, I, I do have bad days and I do have, you know, dark parts of me. And also, I think what, what I want to put out there is positive because that energy shifts. You know, it's like I have a teenager. when she walks into the room and she's hella moody. I'm like, dude, we need to have a talk about your energy because it changes Even though you don't say anything or do anything, the atmosphere changes. And I truly believe like if you're if you could see energy, like you said, like some people glow and some people cast a shadow, you know, and I'm like, what? what do i want to be when i walk in the room <laughs> you know yeah so i don't know that's really cool
1: no, i need you so there's no point for me to put all these lasers on these <laughs> listeners are not even seeing what this dream looks like but when you walk in that was the most important thing i was like i want to make sure you get coffee just in case if you wanted it water you know i put some lights on there's some like lo-fi music it changes to what we talk about yeah you're right that atmosphere you know, I'm atmosphere in oxygen. If we didn't have oxygen, we're going to die. Yeah. It's so important. Like, what, what do we have around us and how it makes us feel? I people mean, and things.
2: Heck yeah. And and I think that's probably why we love teaching yoga so much because it's like you get to create that atmosphere for your students and oh give them gosh. that energy, right? I love it. Yeah. Don't get me started on the yoga
0: playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and it hits
1: people so hard. And then I just think like, oh, my, they went home. They're going to go to sleep with a smile.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know you're gonna have to like just pick up one or two classes at some point.
2: I will. I'm I'm like I have some injuries I'm I'm working with, but I'm almost there. I'm almost there.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> Cynthia would love to know. I know, I know. <laughs> Last question. Okay.
1: If tomorrow ended, what would be the thing that you hope people remembered about you?
0: Gosh, that's a hard one. Um, I think I would just
2: hope that they have a memory of being present with me and maybe it wasn't doing anything special or in particular, but I, I'd just love for people to think of me and smile and, (laughs) and, and hopefully i affected them in a positive way and just brought some joy. Um I was telling my husband this that when I die I I would love to have um I would love to have a huge tombstone. <laughs> not like these not like a placard on the floor, but like like yes, do a go fund me and get a huge tombstone so people could visit me and then I want a <laughs> bottle of um my favorite tequila. Um, it's a ceramic bottle of Classe de Sul. <laughs> mm. You know, the one with the bell on top, yeah. the blue and white one? Just like oh, okay. Put that on top of the gravestone, the, the tombstone. I mean, I'm talking big, right? And like maybe a quote or something on there with my name. And then um, the <laughs> bottle of Classe de soul And then I want like a, a out of the same tombstone material, a shot glass. In it, so that when you visit me, I want you to bring tequila or whatever your drink of choice is. Even if it's green tea, it doesn't have to be alcohol. Pour one out for your homie, me, and then just smile and just think of some good times that we had together. And then take
1: a shot. (laughs) And then take a shot. Oh my God! Can you imagine the future? I'm gonna keep my podcast going. They're listening to this right now. I'll be sitting there right now. What What do you want to say to them?
2: Just be in the moment and have fun <laughs>
0: as you're sitting
1: here, and like
2: connect s- with your boy Martin. Yeah. That was that was this has been a good time, it's yeah. given me a lot of pause yeah. and reflection. For I know
1: sure. someone's sitting there in the future, super sad, like,
0: this. this, this and she's
1: laughing right now, <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, <just> laughing. <laughs> she's like, just did your eulogy.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> seriously,
1: they're <laughs> really smiling, listening to you, laughing right now. That's what it is. <laughs> Wow, that's a great that's the best eulogy one I've ever heard. <laughs> you just gave exact instructions it that's gonna dictate people's what they do in the future.
2: Truly. Truly. Like, find me and, and I will I will shine a light upon you from whatever realm i'm in at that time
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) just listen to this while you take your shot (laughs) You miss miss (laughs) oh my gosh we went through the entire podcast how do you feel
2: i'm like sweating right now (laughs) like those are some tough questions but it was fun to reflect so yeah
1: it's gonna be very cathartic to listen to it all (sighs) by the time you leave you'll have it on your phone too
2: i'm like gonna drive home and be like what the hell did i him <laughs> it's all true it's all 1000% true that yeah. that I can say with full confidence
1: cool well that concludes that is there anything else you wanted to add and I, I did want to like say if you want to ask me any questions you could do that too but
2: what's your theme song
1: I don't have a theme song anymore ah, I took it out
2: no like what's your what's your what's your jam like what gets you going in the morning like if you if you were walking oh, down the street what would song. you want like to play it's Nine. always
1: changing. It's always changing. But I think one of the songs that always like I've always played at karaoke bars or I always play it when I'm like whenever the gorillas feel good. Oh, yeah. That's it's, a like, good Win one. Windmill, windmill for the land, We got to go forever, sing some karaoke. Hand in hand. I sang that same karaoke song when we all went to like uh, the Goose Town. I saw that video. You're <gasps> in there. Like you're singing. You're all like, you know, I'm a little drunk. Oh, my gosh. I,
2: I was like, <laughs> when was
1: that? That was like. Yeah. The first anniversary right. you set out. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, redo. Yeah, yeah. That's and when like...
1: we all went to San Pedro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We gave uh, a, <laughs> we gave Chris a water shot and then you took it, you're like, no, no more for him. Okay, and we then... need to stop now. Hey, <laughs> 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 right, that's yeah. a good way to stop. <laughs> well, did you have any other questions? <laughs> Nothing,
2: but I want to go to karaoke with you and Michael and Melissa.
1: Oh, yeah, let's do it.
2: Yeah, that would be heck of fun.
1: That'd be super fun. (laughs) All right, any last ones? Any last remarks?
2: No, just thank you. Oh, thank you so much for coming.
0: I appreciate you. Love you. Love you.